Come on down and sit in your local toilet cubicle. The sticky seat's still warm. Make peace with the piss patches and body heat. Caked urinal mints invade the senses. The lad behind you chatting shit loudly to some poor unfortunate on the other side of the phone. An interesting mixture of verbal diarrhea and diarrhea diarrhea. The air is thick with Catholic guilt. Embalm yourself in the sweet smell of desolation. Lock the door and disconnect from the world through social media. Take your time. Be yourself while no one's watching. Wipe till dry. Shovel to sink. Don't look in the mirror in case you accidentally catch someone's eye. Rinse and repeat. Don't wash your hands in the dryer. You're far too self-conscious. That's what your trousers are for. Hello, I'm Frankie. Today, I'll be your toxic spirit guide. I'm joined today by actor, playwright and social commentator Emmett Kerwin where we talk about me and also briefly mention that new play that he made called Straight to Video which is in the Project Arts Centre from the 9th of November which has already happened until the 11th of December. So make sure you buy tickets to Emmett's play. This is the Meditations for the Anxious Mind podcast. Namaste. podcast is all about really serious stuff so i just thought i'd start, start with something political is, is, this, is it about serious stuff <laughs> it's about what we don't know what it's about yet <laughs> i was like psych yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh shit yeah yeah, yeah. But, people can't you can't see it as a camera but oh yeah oh yeah oh my god it's so it's so cute that camera it's like it's like the least invasive thing i've ever seen i kind of see things like i think x games you know like someone's yeah. snowboarding yeah yeah like extreme yeah, yeah yeah or there's yeah. like you know like there's a family in russia looking at us right yeah, now yeah. you know they're just live streaming all this content I like a guy in nice trucks yeah, and yeah. I see what they sound like Mexican border guards but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah the worst type of guard aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on I suppose I'll just introduce you you're a playwright social activist uh, full time mad cunt <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know actor what, what else do you do yeah, just a playwright and an actor yeah. Yeah. do you have yeah. your CV there actually uh, to yeah, take yeah, a look yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah play, I don't know talking about the social activist bit but like definitely uh, yeah I'm a writer and I suppose some of the things that I really kind of have like mm. a social conscience you know yeah. so yeah. socially conscious I suppose in some ways you know yeah, yeah. And, and like you know you, you'd be a big influence on, on my work and on me so it was great oh, to have right. you on here awesome. and, thank you, you know, um, yeah, I suppose yeah. I would have seen you first uh, when you performed Just Saying. Right. So how yeah. long ago would that have been? I think that's going on nearly 10 years ago now. Yeah. I think it's kind of coming into like 2012, I think, yeah. Dave, the director, did it. And uh, he wrote it. And then um, Dave Tynan. Dave Tynan, yeah. who, who also directed The Mole School and uh, another uh, poem that I wrote, uh, the video for a poem that I wrote called Heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. And that's I love that as well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember I, it's funny, like, you know, I got into uh, writing a lot of spoken word stuff myself when yeah, I was a yeah. kid. Uh, I was, I, don't, I went to an all boys school. Right. I was kind of self conscious about it. Yeah. So I would, I remember I used to, and I, I wasn't, I don't know what we'll talk about in a minute, but I, I suppose like in school, I would have struggled a lot with 
just you know not wanting to do things that I'm meant to do because I've no interest in it. Right. I think they yeah, call yeah. it self-centeredness, but <laughs> I don't know. What it is. I don't think so. No, 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 no I think it might be being hard on myself. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. I, I suppose like uh, I used to. It, it, it's always a good English teacher, isn't it? I went up to an English teacher and kind of I'd pull him aside and I'd like God love him. Like it must have been embarrassing for him, but I'd like show him the spoken word. Yeah. And like so, he'd always see that different kind of side to me. Yeah. But um. All it took really for me to continue in that sort of vein was just one person who would encourage me, yeah. you know, and and that's what I got, you know. And um, I and think you were English teacher, he kind of filled that, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mr. Walsh, Mr. Walsh, <laughs> yeah, the homie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he used to go, he was like uh, five foot four or something you go for fuck's sake Frankie because <laughs> I used to go into his class uh, I, I didn't have him for the leaving sir right. and so but he we got on very well and I was a messer in school as you could probably no imagine way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I remember like uh, going going into him and uh, I just I go in at the start of the class and just start like talking to him in front of everyone yeah. so I was always like trying to get a laugh off all yeah, people off you know as a, as a kid you know yeah. but uh, yeah I mean did you have any kind of anyone who, and of course my family as well, were a big inspiration? Like, yeah. did, would you have had anyone similar who pushed you on? Yeah, like I was kind of saying thing, you know what I mean? In school, it was kind of uh, some some subjects really kind of, you know, interested me loads, and others didn't. You know, mm. um, there was a few teachers that would have. The way my school worked was mad. If you weren't particularly good at Irish, you weren't allowed the other higher subjects, which was. Yeah. Can get my head around. So I had to do kind of higher subjects before school or after school. So I had to do like higher history after school. I had to do higher English before school, you know, like in order okay. to kind of do it, you know. So there was a few teachers kind of took that upon themselves just to kind of do it for me, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, yeah so there was uh, Miss Murphy, I think it was one who was my English teacher. Uh, there was another teacher called Mr. O'Connor's who was, uh, he used to do, did you ever, did they do slogan in your school? Did you ever hear that? No, slogan, is that like Tashka? It's, it could be, it's kind of like, it's basically this like all Irish singing thing and as I was saying, I couldn't speak Irish, it was terrible Irish but what they do is they get like, they'd get old Irish poems and then put them to the melodies of like, you know, modern rock songs or whatever <laughs> like that. So bands would be entered in and like skits and sketches and all this yeah. kind of crack. So like we were, like we had a band and they were like, I was like, I don't think this is a direct translation from the English. And they're like, yeah. no, it's not. You're singing yeah. about some 14th century maiden who like yeah. died at sea and you think you're singing Wonderwall. You know? yeah. <laughs> we actually like, did the same. Uh, we did, uh, do you remember Jump Around by House of Pain? Oh, no, you see, just an in an artist version of that. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably, what was the rhyme taken from? Oh, God, I, 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 it's one of those things I'll remember at three o'clock in the morning. I'll yeah. remember all the lyrics. You wake but, up and go, I've got lyrics, yeah. but you ain't got none. <laughs> but I'll scale again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I think um, there, was, there was some people actually asked, Questions and oh, in yeah. the chat box, but uh, to be honest, like I love, I love everyone, but they were shy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? How bad? Ready? Like what oh, was well, this? Like, actually, there was. I, I suppose we we uh, we probably got around to them, but there was one of the questions. Funny you mentioned Irish. Yeah. Was uh, what do you think the importance is? Would you would you like see importance in the Irish language being taught? in skills and it was an interesting well, that's one. an interesting question I wonder why they asked me and you that though like, yeah. what, was the kind of, what was the thinking of that it was like? probably just someone from Canada he goes these two Irishmen <laughs> <laughs> hey you guys see yeah, that yeah. he's from Canada he wants to know about Irish <laughs> eh? yeah yeah uh, yeah like, I know, like Jesus, I'm probably not the right person to ask like I I'm, 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 I'm yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, not ashamed isn't the right word what's the word 
I am not particularly happy with myself that I don't that I can't speak Irish mm. and I would love to be able to speak Irish yeah. and I've spent time in the Gale Talk and I've spent time in the Iron Islands and stuff so yeah it's, it's much to my um, what's the word I don't know sorrow that I haven't yeah. uh, that I haven't learned it you know so yeah and I think I don't know to be honest with you loads of people have ideas about how it should be taught I don't know how it should yeah. be taught to be honest with you like yeah. I'm not I do teach myself like and I have taught like in my 20s and stuff like that but that kind of form of education like learning languages and stuff I just I'm not I wouldn't even have a clue how you go about it you know I, I'd compare it to like uh, do you ever uh, do you ever watch a movie when you're in school and because you're there's so much going on you, like you know yeah. we watched Fight Club and I could not tell you what it's about <laughs> I know your man's name is Tyler Durden yeah, just yeah, because yeah. we used to keep we used to call another teacher we used to call him Tyler Durden because all he talked about is Fight Club what? Uh, yeah. hold on a second so you had a teacher in secondary school that we was talking about Fight Club <laughs> yeah. so what age were you like 16 no, yeah, we were 16 yeah yeah that was another teacher that's, now yeah. that's got there was he sound or was he oh, like oh bang on oh, legend yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it just they find myself like Chuck Palahook like he wrote the, the book Book. his books yeah. are wild like yeah. they're absolutely yeah, crazy glory, like, yeah. yeah yeah so the idea that like there's a <laughs> teacher going to kids. Hey, hey kids what do you think of a fight club because <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's just a mad film in, yeah. in, in and of itself great book actually called best movie year ever yeah and it's about 1999 and it's about all the films that were released in 1999 and it has a whole chapter on fight club and how it happened but okay. if you think about it, so 1999 was the matrix uh, Fight Club uh, was in a Blair Witch Project all these kind of brilliant films all came out literally same, Magnolia yeah. they all came out at the same time but yeah there's a great chapter on it about Fight Club so Dave that's for, that's for you that's for the listeners yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that's, that's it's great to know that those oh, tidbits those, those two those, <laughs> those hot takes I've never heard of <laughs> yeah, Magnolia yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you ever Sam, see Magnolia no it sounds like an ice cream yeah yeah well kind of <laughs> or like you know be. every rental gaff in Dublin you know what I mean? yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. with the bad boxy leather couch yeah. you know yeah <laughs> But I suppose like it's 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 good to you know hear you talking about 1999 and yeah. you know what I'm going to segue into now. <laughs> smooth, yeah. Frankie. Smooth. Yeah, I don't want to be too smooth because I'm obviously like so good at what I do. Oh yeah, so, that's a, that was very I just smooth. don't want to be too smooth, so that's what I'm going to say it before I say. But uh, like you're doing straight to video. Uh, and I went to see it in the pro- not Project Arts in the Civic Theatre. Yes, uh, and it was absolutely brilliant. Oh, like, amazing! Really, Thanks, really man. good. And um, there was some really like kind of emotional moments in it as well. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, Probably, I just yeah. thought, and I was talking to our friend we were talking about earlier on about oh, yeah. this, and uh, you know every single word in in the script because I I pay attention to scripts right when I'm watching something you know more so now after starting writing and yeah uh, I felt like every word was needed right, you know Daddy, like there was great economy of words thanks and, man yeah, yeah it was great yeah, hopefully because like yeah it start, started off quite long and then it's it goes through like a period of like so it's like eight or nine drafts you know what I mean like where you're kind of chopping it down chopping it down chopping it down and then even like it could change a year you know that kind of way like yeah. in order to facilitate something plot wise so you're kind of constantly like exactly what you say it's like brevity is the source of wit now there's yeah. things that are quite people have like I wrote it so it's quite garrulous in some parts you know where people have these like huge kind of long winded kind of jokes that you know have three or four parts and then yeah. they, they land on a punchline or something so that's kind of stuff that I like that's the way I like to write 
the jokes in it, like, and that can be a little bit wordy, but you've loads of great actors that are able to barrel through all that and just get landed, you know. So where where do you find these people? Oh well, the cast, yeah, the cast are incredible, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Well, the the, the 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 guy that plays the coach is Stephen Brennan. He's like um, he's a brilliant like actor who's been working for nearly forty years, and he's worked all over the world, New York and London, the West End. He was in an Irish film, probably people don't remember, called Eat the Peach, which is about an Irish daredevil. You know that thing in the circus where they, they drive a, yeah. a motorbike around a, a wheel? She's done loads of like films over the years and David Crotty is, she's one of the most famous kind of like Irish theatre actors, you know, uh, we have. And she plays, Druid did like the Shakespeare uh, history plays. She played, I can't remember which king she played, but she played one, you know, and like she's incredible. You know, you see that she comes on mm. and she's just incredible. Like yeah. blows out, like blows the stage up, you know. And then uh, Kate Gilmore is an actress who worked a loads of times over the years. She really brilliant so funny he's from Dublin uh, I'd never worked with Colin Campbell before he's the guy that plays Carl yeah he's incredible he's uh, he's lived in London so I didn't know him too well and then Lloyd Cooney who I've worked with loads over the years is from town actually he's from uh, where is he from he's from one of the flats up in Anyway, he's a townie. That's what we just keep on because there's a joke in it saying that he goes, Do you reckon the joy is as bad as they say? So, oh, I'd say it's worse and full of townies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, I love that yeah. line. And then uh, there's a young actor called Callan Cummins who is literally only out of college, like about two years, which yeah. is brilliant, you know. That's he plays Pierce. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, kind yeah. Of the, the movie, uh, uh, um, uh, and Lloyd plays uh, Kenno, you know, the yeah. one that comes in with the bag yeah. of snakes. And I've actually, my little brother was in a, a play with Stephen Brennan, believe oh, it or not. Oh, you were yeah, saying, I was in the saying, yeah, in the gays, yeah, he did a Christmas card. Your mom, she's yeah. lovely. Yeah, 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 shout out to your mom. She's a big, she's a big fan of yours. Oh, yeah. Lois, yeah, yeah, she's a lovely lady. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah. Thank you and so much for coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so we would have known Stephen Brennan because really? he played Scrooge. Ah, in in right. that show, yeah. So. It was a Christmas Carol, was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What did I call it? Did I call it something else? I probably call it Nightmare Before Christmas. Which I don't. You're not far off because I think Nightmare Before. I think that's like a play on Christmas Carol, isn't it? I don't is know. it? Yeah. I Let's so. just go with sure. that. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I was doing. That's yeah, what you yeah. were doing. Yeah. You were thinking yeah. they're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the parody. I think of we were playing the same sport. Yeah. 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 You got baseball. I got hurling. What are you gonna do? But yeah. Yeah, like I, I'm your little bro was in a play with him, yeah. Yeah, he was probably I'd say ten years old. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he was in that and uh, he loved it there, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, does it's, he uh, still do acting? No, he doesn't. He yeah. doesn't. He's like a genius piano player. Oh, amazing! Like he's yeah, yeah. he's amazing. Really, Incredible. really talented. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he does that full time. He's he's away in London at is the he? moment. Yeah. Oh, so he's doing that. He's in. Uh, oh, what's? Oh my God, this is terrible. What's the name of it? Royal Academy or something? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Royal yeah, Academy yeah. Music. That's incredible. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well yeah. done, fucking Jesus. Fair play to him. That's yeah, he loves it. Uh, he it. loves it. He's, yeah. he's he's in central London now, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, he loves it there. He just needed, you know, it was he loves staying at home, but it's great for him to have that bit of freedom as well. Yeah. He's a few years younger than me, like right. so. What age is yeah. he now? He's twenty three. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, that's like the Royal Academy is incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the Vita. Yeah, that's great yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. And would you, you would you have spent a lot of time in London yourself? I've done a good few plays over there, you know. So I was there two years ago in the Donmar Warehouse. That's a theatre kind of. It's in the West End, but it's it, it's uh, 
Yeah, I'd done a play there. I did Aristocrats with Brian Friel there about two years ago, which was a fairly long run. I was there, I was there for about six months, you know. So yeah. anytime I get work, I go over and I'll do it and then come home, you know. So yeah. but um and then like over the years I've gone over to do like, you know, a month or two months and stuff like that. So yeah, back and forth kind of a lot. You it, know? it seems like a bit of a black hole, doesn't it? It's like I, I was there, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, what, what do you think about it? Like yeah. so I think in my very limited experience of my like four day experience. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me my limited experience to yeah, tell yeah. you what's the crack yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just love giving opinions before having actual lived that's experience that's the only way to do it yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. too many people around here walking around with facts <laughs> <laughs> walking in here with what that big cooking knowledge yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about what they know <laughs> what did I call it alternative facts yeah that's alternative facts yeah. yeah but uh like I, I got the feeling it's it's also big over there yeah. and, and it's I'd say it could be quite lonely over there as well if you don't know people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, gas. Like, it's, we're, we're very, we're friendly people over here, you know. And yeah. um, now I, I didn't have any run-ins, but that was kind of the the overall kind of impression I got. Like it, it would be kind of a bad place to be struggling with like mental health or addiction yeah. or you know a lot of addicts end up going over there and yeah. you know and and they're there for years and you know. I think what happens is people kind of get like. It's kind of, it can happen here as well as a kind of atomization of people, you know. So everybody's kind of living on top of each other, but almost at the same time separate from each other, you know. Yeah. So like we, I, I lived in a place um, when I first got there two years ago, and then I moved into an apartment, but like actually a tower block, a yeah. former council tower block that is now kind of like private, or whatever. With one of my friends, and it is, it's that thing of like the the sense of community and people living on top of each other. It's what the French would have called and. I know me, essentially this yeah. kind of dislocation from each other, you know, was also a sense of no community, even though we're all packed in tightly. Yeah. London has a little bit of that, and there's parts of Dublin that are starting to become like that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was living in Shoreditch, and Shoreditch was this place that was was kind of a cool, hip place about 20 or 5 years ago. And then what happens is, it starts to get gentrified, you know, because the artists go in, they make the place viable, they make the place kind of, um, what's it, you know, they start to turn over buildings that have fallen into disrepair and they make them useful again and they start to make the place a mecca for artists and then what happens is the buildings that weren't weren't worth anything all of a sudden become worth a lot of money because tourists are going to see the artists in this cool new neighborhood but then what happens is the property owners they basically move all the artists out and then it becomes about what's called experience culture which is like that place that was once a kind of studio now becomes a feckin starbucks and then it and then the then it starts all over again it's the you know what's the expression it starts with art and it ends in real estate yeah. like south yeah. park did a really good episode about you know kenny's gaff gets like taken over and they try to turn it into a new cool place and then you know and then what happens is it gets gentrified and the people that live there the actual like communities that have been there nearly 150 years or something they're all thrown out like you know yeah. or you know what i mean like well, you uh, see that that, that would have happened a lot in say stony batter and out by exactly. the cattle market and yeah, yeah. like all, all places like that and um yeah i think that is happening a lot more over here now isn't like it's it? there's always like to, like it's good like when there's like you know change in a place but if a place basically just like what happened i'm thinking like i kind of this is at the forefront of my because i lived at temple bar for years like by the time i moved when i moved in it was like it, there was still loads of artists but by the time i moved out there was no community left like there was like uh it was mostly all the places were turned into airbnbs mm -hmm. you know and then like it's just there's like one cafe across the road from us that was a traditional not traditional cafe but a cafe owner operated place whereas everyone else was a franchise you know it was a costa yeah. coffee it was a starbucks it was like so all that kind of thing about pool you know places that are actually just like you know 
that are enfranchised is that kind of hyper capitalization of kind of artists artist spaces the artist spaces are then sold off then and turned into a hotel or turned into a starbucks and then you're kind of left with a city with no soul yeah. anyway just to like back to shortage that was what kind of shortage was like and then but i remember going to camden same things happening in camden same things happening in hoxton and it becomes london can be very kind of because it's so huge and so massive it's a super city i think what happens is people can like if you live in one part of london like let's say clapham or something like that and your mate lives up in tottenham you know you might as well be in two different counties if you're mm. in ireland you know people are just like oh no way even though you could get there quite easily through transport but people become kind of uh isolated and kind of areas they kind of tend to stick where they're living you know what i mean yeah and think but um but yeah it could be quite oppressive those super cities are they're pretty, uh, they can swallow you up, you know, they yeah. swallow a lot of people up and they can be yeah. very kind of, but then again, some people, like you might come from a small town in Ireland and somebody, you know, everybody knows your business and then you go to London and nobody knows your business. That's also incredibly appealing, you know what yeah. I mean? Like to, you, to know, people, what, you know, what it was for me was, uh, you no, know, I, I come from a small, like a small enough village. Yeah, you were saying, I, can yeah. we say, can we say where you're yeah, from? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where I have me, where I have me, Dems. Yeah, and as we were saying before, it's fifteen minutes from Dublin. Yeah, all the like, yeah, yeah, transporter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I used to think everyone knew my business, yeah. and then I kind of came to. I was like, "Fuck! No one knows my business. No <laughs> one's even no talking one about me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but uh, it was. Um, I love. I, yeah. I really love it. I used to not like it when I was growing up. Really? Uh, yeah, because it wasn't I felt like it wasn't big enough for me really? in yeah, a way like well, kinda, how big is the uh, so it's getting bigger <laughs> it's, it's, it's no a longer, city on the grow it's, it's no longer <laughs> flaccid but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really getting erect at the moment yeah. but uh, it's it's turning into the new Ashburn what's so, the tell you no, that was those two raptors mean to me I remember I was uh, so, <laughs> we just built an Aldi anyway. <laughs> Someone, sorry, just to segue, I used to know one bloke, a mate of mine, Ryan, his name's Ryan Cavan, he used to, he's yeah. from Ashbourne, but he used to say, like, they're joking, he go, hey, town, down. <laughs> you know, like, I can't remember which rapper I did that, and he did it, like, the little gag song, like, for Atlanta, <laughs> hey, town, down, Ashbourne, woo! Yeah. Yeah. They, they call Ashbourne Little Fingless now. Well, really, why? Yeah, right. yeah it like, like, it's so close to Fingless, but what, and as well with Retote, what, what happens there's no guard station out there ah, so right. a, a lot of people it's, it would have been in it's trouble all, it's all, yeah it's yeah some sort of local gangster yeah, like, yeah. Have, you, have you ever seen the film um, it's an Irish uh, action movie called um, oh what's it Double, something impact basically this do you ever hear about this mm, so okay. maximum impact have you ever seen this yeah what was it called again Oh, this dude, right? He wanted to be a yeah. Look it up there for, for so this dude wanted to be an action star. And in fairness to him, now he is a stunt man in LA, and he's an Irish guy. And in 1997, he got enough money together to make a feature film action movie that was set in like Drogheda and basically it's him <laughs> going up against this kingpin of the local town who runs a Londus that's his empire what did this air oh yeah it's on video you can get it what's it, what's it? <laughs> fatal deviation <laughs> yeah so it's a low budget cult film produced by in Trim County Meads oh, I get it yes, oh yes. listen Trim is one of those places I've only been there like three times I played a gig out there in the Headford Arms yeah. hotel but that might be Kells but I don't know what 
anyway, it's one of those places you walk around, there's literally nobody there. Oh, like really? Ashburn, yeah. Ashburn, everyone just stays in their apartments, oh, like, waiting, waiting for God is, to smoke them. Is that real kind of... <laughs> 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 waiting to walk out there and you chose Ashburn, <laughs> you live with the consequences. Yeah. And Camille, what, like, so you were saying was... Is it, what was it like when you were growing up, though? So it was... So I went to... A, a Gale school right. uh, I, I live right beside another school Yeah. Uh, but my parents were too afraid to send me there in case Why? I got run over because it's basically a motorway oh, right. so they were worried <laughs> not because of the education no no, like, no, no. no, no. Yeah, I was getting a hit I would have struggled anyway but yeah. uh, I, I went uh, I went to the school up the road anyway and yeah, uh, yeah I went there and I felt like I don't know, like in school, like I, I, I got on well, I, I kind of, yeah. like not, like I got on well socially, I suppose, yeah. but I always felt like an outsider. Like I, I was one of these people, I have a, look, I have a twin brother, but whenever yeah, I, I was saying that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but whenever I, yeah. Uh, I went into school on the first day and I had this feeling like everyone else already knew each other. Right. You know, and that, that sort of thing. And then, Did your brother go to the same school? Yeah, 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 yeah he yeah. did. And there's, I don't know, there's nearly like, a lonely thing about twins I felt like where when you're really young yeah. people feel like they don't have to talk to you because you already have a friend because ah, you have yeah. a twin yeah. you know so I, I kind of I felt that a little bit um, but I was always kind of drawn to uh, I suppose like uh, trying to make people laugh Right. Or trying to make trying to fit in with that and uh, like I, I remember like you know, somebody said to me, and funny enough, I took it as a compliment, but somebody said like, uh, Frankie, your head is like a normal person on acid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks. That's good. <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, do you know, I, I suppose like, um, so I, when I was in school, I always felt like, like that. I always felt different and, you yeah. know, all that stuff. And a lot of it was like, it was nearly like, uh, you know, the whole tortured artist thing. People don't understand me. Right. If only people knew what I was really like, yeah. then, you know, it'd be different or whatever. But all that stuff. But like, you know, so there was a lot of that kind of going on, a lot of inner struggle yeah. going on well, as so a when, kid. Like, the name of the, the like meditation for an anxious mind. So is that mm. like kind of like, did you, is that anxiety a thing that's part of your art? Is that like the way you feel or is that just a joke? Or is so... That it's it's a little bit of both. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. so, what what happened was, uh, you know, I suppose what what I've always got yeah. from a young age, like say if I if I used to go to mass with my parents or whatever, yeah. uh, that like I. I just imagine like you know you're not supposed to laugh yeah. take off your shoe and do a George Bush throw it at the priest <laughs> all that stuff like intrusive thoughts or whatever yeah, yeah. and I'd start like thinking about the same with funerals no that yeah. sounds terrible but no like, I know exactly what you mean I yeah. had things like all the time as a kid yeah. I used to think I was going to throw something or jump off the halfpenny bridge when I'd walk yeah. over I'd be like oh, no, I'm going to throw my mask handbag in yeah. the river like, I didn't yeah, do yeah. it now yeah. but that would be in my head I was yeah. like I'm going to jump in the river you know yeah, what I mean like not, not able to trust yeah like that, you know, that's just a thought. You're not going to yeah. fling your fucking shit with a priest. But, uh, yeah. you know, it was, uh, so how I kind of, um, how I started that was, you know, that was kind of, those thoughts, you just kind of laugh to yourself yeah. and you don't do anything with them. But basically, like, how I started this was, like, I was doing long-form meditations and right. that's how they started. Yeah, like, no, like, they were a piss take now, but, like... Um, right. so, so, like, like I know that that was how I kept, like, your videos, obviously brilliant and I love them you. and they're fucking so, so funny. Thanks. And I remember, I remember, because, do you know the comedian Hugh Cooney? 
Yeah, I love Hugh. Yeah, so yeah. I think Hugh actually shared it first off. Yeah. That's how I found you. Like, and Hugh's a friend of mine. He yeah. was brilliant. You know what yeah. I mean? But Hugh would have all those kind of like, your sense of year would be very similar. You know what I mean? The way you see the world and it's really wacky. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and kind of like, how can I t make a joke out of this? That's what yours is like and so is Hugh's, yeah. you know? But I, I remember when I first seen it because I was like, are you actually someone that did meditation or are you kind of like, so you did do meditation? I, I did, um, you know, uh, I, I did meditation for... God, I'd say a, a couple of years now, and, and like maybe for a year before, like um, did, did it help? Like was it? Yeah, yeah. I did it. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm in recovery now. So you're sober now. Like. I'm sober now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is actually vodka. But <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was super weird. Yeah, yeah, I was saying yeah, like falling yeah. off the table yeah, a lot. Here's yeah. me bank digits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give me five minutes alone with yeah. your bank account yeah, and yeah, see yeah, how yeah. that goes. But uh, so I mean, uh, I, I think. I kind of used a lot of that energy yeah. and, and turned it into something productive, hopefully. And, and yeah. that's what, that's how it started. And, you know, the biggest gift I got from all of this is yeah. to be able to laugh right. at the shit that goes on in here. And yeah. actually, there, I'm sure you'll get it as well. There's something, there's something really, uh, there's something I love about being able to turn something that's in your head yeah. into into something on in the outside world and then even if people enjoy it even even better you know yeah but uh i, I think it's it's almost like there's a surrender in it like there's yeah there's some sort of a it's cathartic in a way yeah and so i i started off doing that and that's that's how it started and then i saw like uh i, I would have seen um you know looking up on youtube because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i'd go on youtube and i'd sit there at my fucking head just screaming at me like you know and i i, I did, did this a, was when you were doing the meditations or so, kind of so like, this was when i was doing meditation meditation yeah, yeah. like not the piss take stuff yeah yeah uh, and so it started off with uh i'd listen to spirit guides and there'd be all these like uh they'd be like open the box see what <laughs> see what I'm you not find. laughing I, do, yeah. I know what you yeah, mean yeah, 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 yeah. and so so what I was I started thinking what do these people do when they're not recording meditations like they're just real narcissistic and probably like like kick their dog or like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, just yeah. really horrible and then they people go into a, they go into a booth and they just record these and they walk yeah. back out and like, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and they're usually naked doing it like <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, so I started off I had this thought one day going like why is nobody taking the piss out of this why isn't this a satire yeah and so that's how i started at meditations for the anxious mind i right. started it off by recording it on my private page just yeah. uh i had music playing in the background and did a voice recording of a meditation of me just taking the piss yeah, yeah. and it kind of caught on a bit and then when you spoke about hugh hugh yeah. was a major major influence for me yeah, yeah uh, in right. the early yeah, yeah. days and you know uh and and a big like <laughs> i said influence already but like a big inspiration on me and yeah um so and i know they used did stuff together take me out video yeah yeah, and yeah that was yeah. fucking gas oh he's fucking brilliant <laughs> uh, we did that yeah we told him to take me out and they done um that was for a competition thing so he was like oh, i got camera let's do this you yeah, know? But yeah. Like, and that's you like he's all like about kind of like yeah let's just do something you know yeah. and we're gonna make it you know yeah and then, like to the ending of it like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. but uh, we did another one as well that was like was, this, this fella basically did a thing about like what was it he was giving out about dance music saying that dance music was the reason why people were all drug addicts and all yeah, that yeah. so me myself and him and another friend of ours Greg done a video together you know what I mean and it is just kind of like I'd say maybe about 
10,000 I'd say it's 10,000 hits on it But I'd say it's about maybe 50 people Probably thought it was actually funny <laughs> I mean that's That's the, that yesterday Did it? That, that's the one where he's uh, the, the fella at the end Is like inhaling the Doing balloon, the balloon. And, I'm, the and I'm the one on the camera I'm the one <laughs> <Yeah>. laughing going <laughs> like, You know the camera's Popping up and down And then it's yeah. like No to the guards No, no guards yeah. You know like You know those kind of Teenage <laughs> rappers Who are like Yeah, yeah no guards Whatever yeah, like, yeah. Guy, like rappers from Still yeah, 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 yeah. That was like. But, I, I actually, I was at a few years ago. Well, what I love about Hugh, I yeah. hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I it's all positive anyway. But uh, <laughs> I was at a party with him, yeah, and he was uh, the exact same. Like, yeah, he was the exact yeah, yeah. same. He was like, he was. That's just who he is. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm already, I, oh, I he's like a genius. Like, he's, yeah. he's genius. Like, he's yeah. uh, he kind of has one of those like like yourself. You know what I mean? Those minds that like. He's, he has those thoughts and he's like, well, how, what do I do with this? Well, I, you know, and then pouring into it. And the way he writes comedy, the way he writes sketches, and he does like that thing, it's like he doesn't, he writes it knowing that this won't, like, this will be for people that get it and the ones that do will think it's, and, and do think it's genius, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's written and it doesn't, it's not that kind of thing of like, what would everybody love? You know, yeah. like, get away. It's yeah. like, no, I'm going to write what I think is funny because I know what I think is funny, other people will think is funny, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And that gives you a more genuine kind yeah, of... Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, not trying to make it for a kind of like a broad-based kind of thing. He makes like comedy that he knows is funny yeah. and smart and clever. He's really, he's yeah, he's a genius. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good. And uh, I suppose, like, what would be your... Do you have a specific process you go about writing or what? Because uh, I know you did script writing. Uh, I saw I saw a video about script writing classes a few oh, years yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of... <clears throat> I did not. Like, I remember teaching that doing that video I wish they'd take that down <laughs> so YouTube if you're watching this oh Jesus yeah no I got asked kind of at the last minute they were like telling I was like oh, well, what did they want to know about and like it was like people were yeah. like formatting I was like really alright you know yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's like basic like that's like fucking you know teaching someone about grammar or something you yeah. know what I mean like so yeah I just did a thing about like how they use violent drafts not really much about it but um what I found is it depends. Like when I, I wrote a TV series for uh, RT called Sarah and Steve, and I wrote that with um, oh, cheers, man, yeah. nice one. I wrote that with uh, Dave Coffey. He wrote his own series called Dan and Bex, and ours was a kind of working class version of that. Like they wanted to set it on the north side, yeah. but I was like, well, look, I'm from Tala, let's just set it in Tala and whatever. But that was a kind of different thing. That was like because it was like television, you know, there was a whole kind of idea. You had to write a series Bible before you started. So series Bibles usually are kind of like here's the the world that it's set in here's the characters and then here's the what's going to happen over the course of the series Dan and Bex was kind of like each of those characters talking about a subject matter but with saying Steve you had to have a kind of a 10 episodes like each each episode was its own self-contained story yeah. but it had to have an overarching uh, or overarching arc that started at, like and ended like in episode uh, 10 yeah. so that was kind of good because it was kind of like um, it, most things in Irish TV aren't written in 10 episode arcs and this was only 10 minutes, 10, 10 minutes. So a lot of American things are really like that. And it's a really good way of writing things because you have a kind of like, there's kind of false endings that usually happen around episode seven. And then like there's a resolution to sort out the false ending and all. Whereas oh. a lot of like Irish kind of shows, they're like six episodes, they're half an hour. They're usually kind of self contained Why do, I think it's probably one of the reasons why they're not as successful as, you know what I mean? Because people are used to watching American like sitcoms, lots of yeah. American sitcoms, American like comedy shows or series that are about, they used to be 20 episodes or about 10 episodes. So in writing that, Myself and Dave sat down kind of just every day and we went through the um, the the stories first and foremost and then the dialogue came after that. Mm. So I find with things, and especially with this play as well, structure 
getting the structure right first off because what can happen is if you don't have a structure on a story especially if you want something that wants a beginning middle and end you could just keep writing dialogue endlessly yeah. and the dialogue will come really easy because you know how the characters sound you know what they sound like and you'll constantly just be kind of you know writing um, dialogue you know what I mean but it won't have anywhere to go you know and it mm. does need something so there's no urgency to dialogue that doesn't have any kind of overarching story you know it just kind of becomes meandering you know yeah. so structure one thing about this writing this play that was done <clears throat> that was a huge thing you know writing a play that had a proper it's five act structure and that has a beginning, middle, and end, you know, and and it, it copies like a Greek form of uh, the, the Greek plays where there's five acts, and then there's in the fourth act something happens, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a, a kind of Greek theatrical device, um, yeah. you know, Deus Ex Machina, you know, which has kind of been thrown out the window now. Like people wouldn't use it a lot. Like yeah, see, is, I don't know any of this. I'm getting a class here now. I know, but like, well, it's it's funny, like to that, like the play that we did, that was a single set play, so it's all just in one place, yeah. and it's kind of like. Um, these plays in the 19th century would have been really popular plays called letter plays someone finds a letter and it's a will or there's some sort of plot around the voice around that or a well-made play which is a play that was very structured like the one like straight to video that we're doing now at the minute and so the idea that I have was to write a well-made play in the traditional sense like play by the western world it's all one location characters there's no scenes the lights don't go up and down if you notice like characters come yeah. on and they stay on stage for half an hour <clears throat> and then the act ends you know so a lot of the time with plays they're kind of written like films now short snippets vignettes the lights go up you're in another place the lights go down you're in another place this was just one location so that's a specific way of writing the place characters could in, come in the door and that's kind of the beginning of a new sequence you know so then there's another like 15 pages and then a character leaves you know so that in, a, in and of itself is quite a, a, a traditional way of writing a play and those types of plays are not written anymore so I wanted to write a play like that a well-made play and then get a grenade and kind of throw it into it yeah. you know and kind of turn it on its head yeah. so and I think that's something <laughs> I think some people came to see it and they're just like like what was that bit and I was like did you like it yeah but you know so like I'm happy with that you know what I mean yeah. that it's kind yeah. of so yeah like those, those things so um, yeah and then like you're creating with that kind of thing as well there's the world that's on the stage and then the outside world as well because a play is you know it's like watching a, a film with no edits you know it's 180 degree camera angle that's just fixed and you're locked into that image so in order to create drama, in order to create kind of flow and to create kind of tension and action and stuff like that, you have to have dialogue that kind of keeps moving <clears throat> at a particular pace and characters coming in and out and in and out in order to give you that sense of a, a dramatic push, you know? Yeah. And usually what happens with films is that's achieved by editing, you know, fast cut edits. So people are quite used to now, like vi the visual style of storytelling for television and film is fast edits, fast lights, explosions, you know. So it's quite a lot to ask an audience to sit down and go, right, take this on. Uh, this is a static set. It doesn't change. But what will change is the dialogue and the characters and all that coming in now. So yeah. I don't know if that's uh, helpful. No, no absolutely. <clears throat> and yeah. I, you know, what was coming up there was just, uh, would you find through limitation, you know, the whole thing, limitation breeds creativity. Yeah, well, yeah, has yeah. that been true? Or do you find that, uh, does it uh, go the other way? Absolutely, yeah. Because like what happens is a lot of the time, like I wrote this for the stage, that's it. I was never thinking this would be make a good TV show. Does it make? Okay. It was the same with Dublin Old School to play. That was specifically for the stage. It was never meant to be a film. You know, it was written totally that it could only take place on a, on a stage. And the, the film's quite a different thing, you know, than the stage play. Like they're two totally. They're like I'm very proud of both of them. Like, but they are two totally different things. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. So this is kind of it. Actually, it it gives you a kind of discipline. 
that you know you can't jump to another location. It's set in nineteen ninety five as well, so there's no phones, there's no mobile phones in it, so you can't solve a problem, which happens a lot of the time in modern day drama by just going, oh, yeah. oh just give him a call. You know what I mean? Like so, <laughs> yeah. it's like so. There's one pager in it that like you know, and that was just a joke. So he's like, yeah. oh, I told you does it come in handy, and it's like it's a piece of shit. Like it doesn't do that. Nobody uses them. Uh, so yeah, things like that. It's like that no, doesn't work. But um. So yeah, the limitation does actually force you to write in a very specific way that's that's tailored and a lot more kind of, not precise, well, it has to be more precise because yeah. you can't get out of jail by just cutting to another scene or throwing the lights up or throwing the lights down. You have to kind of keep writing in a way that kind of moves everything forward, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, because if you had lights up, lights down, it's quite easy to get out of a dramatic situation that you're having... You haven't figured out a way of doing it with the writing. Yeah. You can just go, all right, end of the scene. Now we're in another place, you know? Mm. And that's what happens with films a lot of the time. When people, when they're watching them, they're like, this doesn't seem as interesting. I've gone to four countries, but I'm bored off my arse. You know that kind of way? Like, <laughs> yeah. so that's what happens with a lot of modern <coughs> filmmaking. It, it's very similar then, in a way. You know, what I liked about Sarah and Steve yeah. was that it was all set in, well, there was two locations. So yeah. there was you and then there was Sarah. Um, and you're relying entirely on the script, on the yeah. on the kind of the weight of the script, as opposed to like you can't. You, there's no props in it, really. No, there's, you know. And I found like maybe a single set play would be similar to that. It's similar. What happened with Sarah and Steve was because that that was supposed to be made into like a, a multi-character series after Sarah and Steve. Now, you know, supposed to be like RT Italian bleeding mass, like you yeah. know, kind of way. Yeah, like, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, so so what that did was everything had to be told in a past sense, you know what I mean, after the events. So at the beginning of the episode, what you do is you go, I'm going out tonight, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And then you'd cut to them after the events of some big kind of outdoor activity talking about what happened. Yeah. So what happens is it forces you into a first-person present tense action, then going into a first-person past tense reportage of the events that happened you know that kind of yeah. way so that kind of lends you what it does is it gives you immediacy I didn't mean that it just that was just because that was the way we had to shoot it because that was all RT would give us the money to do you know what <laughs> so, so the limitations of it actually bred a kind of way that it actually made it quite theatrical yeah. so a lot of kind of theatre shows in Ireland in the 80s and 90s and the 2000s a lot of theatre shows became like a guy standing on stage telling a story about things that have happened in the past or I'm going out tonight and you know so what happened was it actually became almost like a theatre show you had two yeah. characters talking about events that had happened last night or they've just gotten in the door from you know let me tell you about blah 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 so it lended itself to that storytelling tradition that like kind of you know but like yeah I think yeah it, it, it's it, but that is that as well when people watch it came out because I remember like a friend of mine his younger brother and then younger brother again so his younger brother was a big fan of it and then but the younger one was shown it when he was like 21 he's like is that it it's all just like they don't go anywhere <laughs> you know what I mean so it can actually be quite jarring for a modern TV audience to watch it that they're like oh I don't get it it's just like one location you know what yeah, I mean like, yeah. but it's like well now it's the writing it's the story yeah. it's not about the kind of the actual the the what's the word the uh, the the setting yeah the setting yeah. or how you kind of like the you know the action of how you get it on the screen yeah so they like go oh, all right did you not like you know what the you know so like they were thinking it was quite easy to do and I was like no actually that took like it's a, harder a, a long time yeah. to write because you had to write in this very specific way that was backwards compatible if you will like yeah. the story that happened and uh, I don't know if any of that makes sense no but, yeah. no no it actually you know I was thinking while you were saying that 
one thing I wanted to ask you about the play straight to video. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was wondering, was it some sort of comment in a way? So it's all it's all kind of rooted in the past. Yeah. And there is part of it that's a bit nostalgic. It's in a video shop, but then there's the girl who comes in. Yeah. yeah. And she's talking about the future. So I wonder, and there's never anything really about the present moment. No, so yeah. Is, is, was there kind of a... Was that a comment on like, and similar to Sarah and Steve, it's either the past or the future. Would, would there have been like, is do you think in general people don't like the era they're from or? I think, uh, yeah, like, so people kind of, it's funny because when plays are being kind of like marketed, they go, oh, it's nostalgia. And actually the play for me is, it's an, it's an anti-nostalgia play. So when she comes in, and it, there's a lot of words she says, and I think it goes by quite quickly. People are like, what? So, she says, she goes, I'm from a future that uh, should never have been allowed to happen. It's too, mm. it's too, we weren't radical enough to save ourselves. So the idea, there's a philosopher called Mark, um, Mark Fisher, and he wrote a, um, he wrote a blog, uh, and he, he wrote, he wrote a blog and wrote a number of books about capitalism. And um, he, he talks about this thing called hauntology which is essentially where people in the present era or the past were watching films about nightmarish versions of the future that never came to be. So Blade Runner was set in 2019, but it's 2022 now. But we're still left with that kind of nightmarish image of LA in 2019 that looked like some sort of dystopian future. Yeah. So those kind of... Uh, and he was talking about how society's kind of sped up to the degree that art has started to drag because it can't keep up with technology. So it started to become subsumed and by backwards looking kind of nostalgia to other periods where these kind of halcyon days where things they felt were even slightly better or you know so everything starts to get tinged with this kind of nostalgia for a period that probably wasn't that great to begin with do you know so it's like the republicans in america are like this they keep on remembering america as some sort of shining city on the hill in the 50s where it was a like a capitalist utopia yeah. that doesn't that didn't exist either the real world um that real real america that america and that well, how do i say it? That idealized version of America never existed in the first place. So she walks in and essentially tells them that, look, it's okay to be a failure because the coach says at the beginning, you know, you don't want to be failures, lads. It's okay not to conform to this kind of capitalist idea that everybody has to be productive and everybody has to do something worthwhile. And, you know, you can live your life uh, in any kind of way you want. You know, nobody's keeping score. So she literally is a kind of a time traveler you know what I mean like yeah. and she's coming in and, and playing on those ideas of art that is and she says she's going around leaving videos in places that might kind of you know temporal to create a temporal dissonance mm. you know they create this kind of temporal wave that like uh, echoes through time you know and like and that, that that's trying to change in things already so in the you know not to give too much away because I still want people to come see it but, yeah, yeah. and there's just things in it as well like that um I suppose it's like, you know, the social kind of, that she, I said it in 1994, because like Claire says, she goes, he goes, um, they all got free houses. And she said, we pay rent to the council. And he says, did I get a free house? She said, your dad's gaff is a council gaff. Yeah. He says, I bought it. She bought it and she said, he shouldn't have sold it. And that was the point in Ireland where they started to actually sell off all the council houses. So the reason we don't have this huge stock of council houses now is because the, Brit the authorities in Britain did it in the 1980s where they sold off all the council houses because they wanted everybody to be homeowners. 
And then it, we started to do it in the early 90s, or late 80s, early 90s, like following suit after Thatcher. So the reason there's a lack or there's a dearth of social housing now is because it was all sold off. All the stock was sold off. So essentially what was happening was, was just privatisation of public assets. And now we are living with the sins of, you know, governments that thought this would be a good idea. But of course they didn't, they stopped building social housing then. So th those elements are in the play as well, but they're literally just blinking and you miss it because yeah. ultimately... Ultimately, the play is out. You've seen it, like it's an out and out comedy, and it's that's completely, you know. But it's funny, you know, like because plays don't stop, you can't pause them, yeah. and that's what I was figuring out. I was like, idiot, like you know, you're putting these things in, and it's quite, you know, the dialogue is quite not in some parts. The dialogue can be quite dense and kind of fast, you know, that kind of way. So oh, I appreciate are, yeah. hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's always nice to hear. You know, like I suppose, and uh, one thing you said there about like. You said my view of it, yeah. Like even though you wrote it, and that's that's what I love about any sort of art form in general. It's like I can write something and I have an intention for it. Yeah. And this is what the way I see it, but you're gonna see it in a completely different way. Oh yeah. And, and that's what I love about it, you know. And, and and I would say most people that came to see it, bar maybe one person said it to me online, is this this? And I went, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But like everyone else has gotten it a totally different way, and that's yeah. fine. That's yeah. absolutely fine because like I'm going, yeah, like take on whatever. So the good thing about plays is the play is going to be printed and hopefully at some stage, like Old School is printed as well. Another company is going to do Old School now in America and this play hopefully, because this is usually what happens with plays when they're printed, other companies do the play after you, you know what I mean? So I'd really be interested to see like another company doing the play, you know, yeah. some, in five years' time. In America know. or somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, no, there's some, a, 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 <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a company in, um, there's a company in Washington doing Dublin Old School. Uh, is there? Yeah, yeah, which That's I, gas. yeah, they're called Inish something and, um, an Irish like Irish they're, they're, plays they're, yeah no they're American but they like doing Irish plays yeah. so they put on Irish plays all the time so look how we're going to do Dublin Mouse Kill next yeah. I was like, I'd be sound. interested to I, see that I'm really really interested yeah. because like it's not sometimes like if the production's ongoing they have to kind of do your production of it but it's not like they just have to print the copy so I don't know yeah. what they're going to do so yeah. I'm, I'm really interested you know it's funny it's funny you mentioned that uh, yesterday I was I was kind of in my head going fuck what am I like I had so much stuff I wanted to ask so like yeah, yeah. what am I going to actually ask and I, I, I looked at Dublin Old School again oh yeah uh, and uh like it's oh, it's really interesting because I think you were saying is it like semi-autobiographical oh the, there was one kind of incident in it like that isn't in the film but it's like kind of like something similar happened to me you know what I mean like where I met my brother and stuff yeah. on the street like and then but that story is something different altogether you know this, this is kind of like very much a work of fiction you know what I mean but like yeah. there'll be loads of stories in it like you know he would tell you you know what I mean like that we're you know just over the years like that we all kind of you know like like going to like gigs and stuff like that like that yeah. we'd uh, that we'd know of people you know that kind of way so like we I used to uh, a lot of my friends are like DJs and stuff like that and, and like put on music gigs and stuff like that so we really we used to go out kind of all the time and used to go to every kind of music festival and yeah, music yeah. venue and music gig you know what I mean so yeah. that was kind of yeah, yeah. I, I was never uh, obviously I was never around for uh, I would have saw like videos and heard people a, bit, a little bit older than me talk yeah, about yeah. the Olympic oh yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're too young for I'm that too are you? young for yeah, that yeah, yeah, my brother, yeah. yeah my brothers would have went to that but you see the Olympics like give you a good one I met a guy I met a guy, a Tala person of the year. Yeah. There's a there's a thing for you. <laughs> and it's a thing. Uh, I met a fella who actually, and I was really surprised because he was only about four or five years older than me. Mm. And he ran the Olympic. Oh. And I was like trying, I was like, well, what was the crack with it? And he's like, you were young. He said, yeah, me and my dad. I said, him and his dad or his uncle or something. And he said, so we used to 
the Olympic was under it wasn't there was no age group on the Olympic okay so when Ray started they didn't sell alcohol that's how they got on because they weren't so they used to just open the doors and he said he went to Dunn's and he'd buy three litre things of TK lemonade and the three litre of Dunn's coke and they'd get like about 20 bottles and then they'd get plastic cups and they'd sell the coke for 20p Mm. and they charge everybody two pound at the door or something yeah. they made a bomb yeah. but he used to get pulled up every night by the cops the cops would come in and go you know you shut this down They're like well we don't have we have like a dance light that, I don't know what the rub was on it I don't know how they got around it but they were able to get on and they got a fine every Saturday night and then they had to go to or either Saturday court or a Monday morning court and they'd go in and the judge would be like ah running your dance again eh? or your bop <laughs> you know what I mean like, and, and then he'd basically pay like a, something like a, a 20 pound fine or something something ridiculous yeah. you know what I mean it was like a 20 pound fine God. or something not even, and then they just do it again next yeah. week and then what happened was the moral panic kind of set in around these raves are places for drugs you know yeah. which was what kind do of, you think caused that look there's like folk, what happens in every kind of generation is like things called folk devils and it doesn't matter what generation it is. In the nineteen fifties, it was comics that was like you know was was the cause of teenage delinquency. Mm. In the nineteen sixties, it was rock and roll. In the nineteen eighties, it was video nasties. These videos are corrupting ourselves. Fucking one stage, it was fucking Dungeons and Dragons, dance music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, one. like it's like so. But now there's a real world kind of aspect to it, like with so that they said then it was dance music, but they couldn't separate dance music from. Uh, drugs because they said that both of them are kind of intertwined even though most of the people that they, like they weren't doing drugs mm. do you know what I mean like yeah. literally they were going to dance but the idea that something nefarious is going on at these places is always like that. that's the folk devil that's the moral panic that happens but then you get people like oh no that's terrible you yeah, know you can't yeah. fucking you know so and I've like, got yeah. a little bit like of um nowhere near as much as I thought I would yeah. I'll get like a little bit of backlash every once in a while yeah tell us about you that know? like what do so, people do people give you any static or are they all good like or? like 99.9% of people are bang on and yeah, yeah. you know they kind of and like that's the thing you were saying about Hugh like that not everyone gets it it was the same yeah. with me and I think that's why Hugh kind of liked the stuff I was doing at the yeah. start because like I'd say like maybe 70% of people got it or 60 yeah. you know and the others were like what the fuck is this a joke yeah, like they that, didn't but know they're, they're people like that's that's you can never appeal to that you yeah. know what I mean or, yeah. nor should you you know what I mean yeah. like, that's like well I wouldn't get on with them anyway yeah like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah that's but, what I tell myself <laughs> but, no, but that is like that is the thing is this a joke it's like if you're asking that question then you know what I mean yeah. like I like just like are you for real like, yeah, of course yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. fucking like but people like you do I do despair you know what I mean like I won't not going to get into a slagger match about like things, but I've seen some kind of online comedy and I'm just like going, hold on a second, like, is this a joke? Like, but like, yeah. no, I know it's a joke, but I'm always going, like, where is the joke in this? Like, and then people yeah. underneath going, ha, that's hilarious. And I'm yeah. like, that's not hilarious. There's no joke there. That wasn't yeah. funny. Anyway, and but if uh, you look at it, like, if, you, if you're even to look at, like, and like, you know, m most people are great, you know, yeah, yada, yeah. yada, yada. But like, you know, if you're to look at like comedy in terms of like sociology, yeah. if you looked at like, there are certain comedians who are appealing to the wider kind of, uh, right. like to the, what, whatever that you want to call it, the common denominator. Yeah. But what they're doing is like that, that's almost like, you know, comedy's version of gentrification. It's like, yeah. you know, all, all that sort of stuff. It's like... Uh, a supermax, I'm not supermax, it's like to fucking Starbucks or like, yeah. you know, comedy yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, how can I be funny, not offensive, yeah. and appeal to everyone? You know, uh, I, I heard, and I won't say 
who it was or what 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 brand it was or whatever. Yeah. But somebody said to me, "We just need to get you to do super shareable content." And, uh, <laughs> Wait I, a second, I, this was a brand manager. No, was like he wasn't a brand. It was something else. But I won't go into detail about what it was. Yeah. But, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, you're brand. You're gonna keep going. Yeah. You're alright. Yeah, so yeah. wait, this was somebody who wanted you to do an ad and just kind of was like, we wanted to make super shareable content. Yeah. Yeah. Even that is it. That's like something that would have been cooked up in a fucking, you know, a back room. You know what I mean? Like if people go, we want to make a video that goes viral. Well, there's your problem right there, mate. You know what I mean? Like that's like, you know, that, that whole, uh, like there's a lot of non-entities out there who are like, yeah. you know, they're just like an extension of the algorithm. Oh, but, and they think like the algorithm as yeah. well. And they think that if they basically parrot the ideas of the algorithm, they think if they parrot the ideas that they're going to like, people will think, oh yeah, great idea. Yeah. You know, that kind of way, because essentially they've been told that this is the way we can actually get traffic. And that's all yeah. their job is. They don't care about the content. They just want yeah. stuff that'll actually get it out there. And, and, and like, I think it's it's more of a like, it's, it's a structural problem, I suppose, rather than an individual problem. Yeah. Like, I have fallen into the trap, I don't know if you have too, um, you know, where I'll put something out and yeah. I'm like, I'm really happy with this, I'm proud of it, I think it's going to do well, yeah. blah, 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 and all that. And uh, then it just falls flat in its face. And, and I kind of, yeah. I get down on myself a little bit, like, yeah. you know, and I have had that. But I know it's so hard to take what I'm saying seriously. No, 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 track. it's not. No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm agreeing with you. No, I'm actually agreeing with you because I know what you mean because what happens is you go, you start to analyze things and you go, well, why did the last thing hit yeah. and this thing didn't? Or why did people react in this way to that thing, but they didn't, but they're kind of almost similar. Yeah. And it's almost kind of like, that's the, you know, that's the thing you're always striving for. Like, you go, well, okay, well, what sets this apart from the work that other people are doing? Or what even sets it apart from the other work that I've done? Yeah. Or, you know, or how is it so different that it didn't hit? You know, it's almost the same, but it's not, yeah. you know, so you're trying to find that kind of hinterland between those two things and go, like what is it that you know like and it's it can drive you mad you know what yeah. I mean like trying to hit on that like, like, like I've, I've done I've done videos that aren't really supposed to be funny right and like people... I, I did one um I did one on direct provision right and it was one of the ones that I was most happy with Proud of, yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was like a it was a love letter to direct provision talking about how we have to kill it right uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that stuff I was really happy about it, it was sometimes it's okay to be a little bit divisive as well oh, yeah. because it starts like even if it was just a tiny little thing it's like I'm not it's obviously to a different level to your thing with uh, repeal the eight with heartbreak oh. but uh, I like that sort of thing because you know yeah. even if it gets two people to have a conversation yeah. you know that's that's good as well Scooby's you know? Pip says that you know it's like it's not necessarily that like something will um change kind of anything tangibly in the real world but what happens is if if the idea goes into the the body consciousness you know what i mean of whatever like it, it it's in there some way you know what i mean it's yeah. it's out there and it's in the world in some way yeah so you know there's a there's a part of it that has added to a thought process maybe in one person or maybe change the process of that thought process of that person and so not change yeah. it but even change the mind of that person. even yeah, it, yeah. Uh, even in a, even in a kind of very fractional way you know what I mean like yeah. tiny tiny kind of way and that's the most or anything that it can be but I think you know you're doing these things always like you're making art so that you just you're making art because you want to make it and you're doing it you know because you just want to add something to the world as opposed to you know add nothing you know what I mean yeah. so that yeah. in, in and of itself is, is always a, a brilliant thing you know so don't yeah. ever don't ever let any uh, haters around and get you down yeah, and stop you yeah. from doing what you're doing yeah you know? I suppose like a way most people are really positive though you were saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah oh, the vast majority yeah. yeah but there's always there's always going to be a few but, yeah. but you know. realize as well there's some people that are just existing online like to do that yeah. just to kind of like literally that is their way of 
they think of being creative is to yeah, kind of go like out 60 with Yeah, 60% of the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's gas. Yeah, it's gas. Like, what was it someone said to me? Only 30% of the population of Ireland is on Twitter. Yeah. And of that population, like, how many of them are, like, daily active users? You know, yeah. that kind of way. Like, like yeah. most people, which is mind-blowing. And I noticed from just doing the show, like, when you talk on the radio, the difference it means of getting the, the, the message out there that the show is on. Like, 80% of the population still get their news from the radio. Yeah. So, you know that's, what I mean? So, yeah. I'm in a little bubble where that's amazing to me. Look, like, yeah. I don't... I would have never thought that. Like I don't, I, I you know, I'm, I'm I'm in college at the moment, and yeah. we're studying sociology. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why did I say we? I must be losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, all the chill parts. Yeah. You're, like, you're like Bruce Wayne and yeah. Batman. Yeah. I don't know where yeah. one starts and the other begins. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but, but we're uh, oh, I said we again. Oh, geez, this is going great, isn't it? Um, I, I'm, I'm doing a uh, media in society. Oh, and, and part of the thing. I was doing, uh, not we, I, <laughs> was um, that I'm looking at uh, wh- how much of the, I, I did look at media diaries, so 24 hours, what media am I consuming? Right. And I found that none of the media I'm consuming is national. It's right. all either, yeah. you know, it's transnational or it's global or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, and I would have said, I would have thought that's very similar for a lot of people. I think, I used to think like that as well. And then yeah. I don't, and like, that's, you know, my own naivety going on Irish programs or Irish television or Irish radio thinking, oh yeah, they're all looking at the same thing or they know like this about me because theatre, you know what I mean? It's like, no, they, you know, no idea. Like, uh, you know, I had no idea kind of like the audience that you're reaching or the audience you're speaking to, you know, yeah. that's that's a real thing that I've kind of found. Like I was like, oh God, you know, I thought I knew, you know, uh, then you get the rea- you get reaction from some people that are like, oh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, like, you know, kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, my own kind of naivety, like of like, talking on a radio station let's say for example and then like getting some irate kind of like letter from some man down the country and i'm like yeah. oh yeah you know man I mean, down the country number one is that him? Yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah that's my way of being broad about yeah, like, yeah. Like, not, but that I'm, i actually know who he is and his address yeah, you know? yeah yeah and like i'm the exact same way look you can get into this bubble where because you know once you start to get a bit of recognition or whatever it is I, I seem to think it, it creates this false environment where I'm like, oh, well, like, like you know, people might stop you on the street and, you know, it's always yeah. nice and, you know, I'd be kind of friendly anyway, so I don't mind it. Yeah. But, um, like, then you start to think, oh, well, like, people know me, like, everyone must know me, you yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's mad, like, and then it's like you're just rocked by something. It's like most people don't know who the oh, fuck I am. No, know? well, no, like, I'm sure they do. I'm sure loads of people know, but, I, like, I get, not that I would ever think that people would know who I am, but, like, yeah, in some instances, you think you go, oh well, like I thought they would have. Not. I'm on this show because of this. Yeah. But they don't. The first time they're seeing you or hearing you is when they're yeah. on this show or on this radio station. Yeah, and, and it just goes back to like values, doesn't it? Like you know, yeah. people who are in that kind of same headspace, maybe that we'd be in, or like you know, would would be interested in like yeah. you know different types of art or whatever. Um, you know, they they would be kind of tuned into that stuff, whereas yeah. like. There's some, like say you know somebody who's you know maybe working in one of those shell companies in the IFSC. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, they're, yeah. They're they're probably you know they're they're banging coke looking at a uh, looking at red shoe at three o'clock in the day in their office and they're, they're not they're not they're not looking at us you know. Uh, that was so specific. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. it's so super specific. I was like, oh, this doesn't sound like. Yeah, I actually work in the IFSC. <laughs> That's what I was you. doing. You like some sort of like plot for it thriller yeah but um it's yeah. funny though you were saying there the we thing you know what i think that is sometimes when yeah. you're talking about 
in, in America, like people would say, I'm doing this and I this. In Ireland, I think we're kind of like conditioned to kind of not be like, don't think you're too much of that. And you know what I mean? So yeah. you kind of go, we, like, not just me now, me and other people, you yeah. know that kind of way, in order yeah. to lessen the kind of importance of it or something. But yeah. you should stand by it, like you are doing sociology in college. Yeah. And it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So those other three personalities are having, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just all need to get together. Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're definitely right. Like, I, I wonder... Was there a lot of like um, even even going back to and I know I'm unconscious of time now. I don't want to keep it, um, but uh, you know, like you hear people talking about like ancestral trauma and like yeah. all, all that sort of stuff. And you know, and I don't like to beat a dead horse, but like I wonder, was a lot of a lot of uh, like Irish history would that be to do? Would that get into the psyche at all? And uh, you know, be kind of a lot of people, a lot of Irish people would have low self esteem and. You know, is it passed down through generations? I don't know. I think, I don't know. Oh, look, you know, obviously, uh, anything I would know about this, like, it's kind of stuff that I've read, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not in any way... So that's better like, than me already. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's a, there's a piece I wrote for, a spoken word piece, and I played in mine at the moment, and it's um, from the book, The Gene. And it says, that genome is not the sole determinant of phenotype. Environment is key. Mm. So the environment that somebody grows up in, and it's about, you know, nature versus nurture. So the you know, the place that you grow up in has an incredibly profound effect on you and mm. uh, how you develop and what you are. And your experiences in your life have a huge, profound effect, you know, on who you are. So it's always like those kind of questions when people are asked, like, well, what would you have done if you were born in, like, 1900? Would you have fought in the Irish War of the Past? <laughs> you go, how would I know that? Because <laughs> yeah. if I was born then, I wouldn't be me. I would be a yeah. completely different person. Yeah. So who you are is a, is a product of your environment, your community, your friends, your family, and your lived experiences that you have as you go through your life. Yeah. And who you are at that particular moment is a collection of those experiences. Now, there is things called... Um, intergenerational trauma so if your parents for example and i mean it's broadly i'm not talking about us in the room but your parents for example had some sort of trauma that was unresolved and they don't deal with it and then they have kind of issues themselves they can make those issues the issues of the child too so sometimes that can even be traced back two generations three generations yeah. that you know sounds I mean? more so, likely doesn't so it? yeah so like there's a mixture of both there's not necessarily yeah. i don't the idea of there's no such thing as genetic memory do you know that kind of way? Like, so there's no such thing, you know, you cannot pass memories on through genes to your children. That's just yeah. not possible. It doesn't exist. So the idea that there is a kind of like, you know, what is the Irish genome? You know what I mean? It's a multifaceted thing. It's not just some, something simple kind of thing that we all have. You know, not a simple thing. It's, it's, a, it's a, a multifaceted thing of millions of different types of people from all across history and all across the world make up this, 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 what it is to be Irish. So the idea that, there is this kind of collective kind of memory that we all share. It doesn't actually track with mm. anything scientific, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's just um, something that sounds it's good. Still isn't sounds it sounds good, you know what I mean? It was so, actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, like, a <laughs> talk came into my head when you were saying that, when you were saying, like, you know, in the 1900s, what what we be and and I was thinking like yeah. what we'd be if we were like a block of cheese and you you'd be like a mental curd or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what I'd be. I'd be like. I love the way your brain works. It's just like yeah, we'd be an etam. <laughs> Boy, it's a cheese with holes in it because yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. cheese looked like in cartoons when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about Kimmich though. Oh, but well, I'm actually Ryan Toverty. I'm just wearing a skin mask. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so tell, tell me about uh, it. Like so, mission Impossible. Yeah, it was like, what yeah, was the know, mission? Ryan Toverty you know, actually always has a slice of like uh, burnt toast in his pocket. 
and he just nibbles on it on the break because like that's all he eats uh, and he goes but he makes this noise and he does it. he goes <laughs> did you ever hear that no <laughs> do you know what funny enough uh, I didn't but <laughs> nothing would surprise me yeah. right there yeah, yeah. yeah we'll say I lived in Kimmich and just say yeah. let's just say the Kimmich massive isn't happy already I don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not, well, like, I actually want to do a Viking splash tour in Kimmich, in Kimmich but, yeah. but it's like the Kimmich splash or whatever it's called the puddle goes through Kimmich do you know that oh yeah so yeah. the puddle's a little river that runs through Kimmich and then runs under Dublin and it comes it out it goes under Dublin goes uh, you know Clambrassel Street yeah, yeah. So it goes through there. So whenever there's a flood, you might see in Cranwell Street that the bricks will come up. So the puddle's an underground river. And when you're crossing Millennium Bridge, I think it is, you can see it coming out into the thing. And you, if, if, when the tide's low, you could actually, you could basically walk from the Liffey all the way up to Kimmich if you're kind of like a teenage mutant into Oh town. my God. Yeah. So the puddle, that, so, so Kimmich, Kimmich someday will rise. Kimmich was, and it does, it floods all the time. When I was there, when I was living there, uh, it flooded like really badly. It was like kind of like end of days kind of thing. Yeah. Let's just uh, get it on, on air here. You never lived in Kimmich. This is <laughs> no, a construction. I did. I, did. I lived in, Kim- I lived in si- Dublin 6W. Uh, yeah, 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 Dublin 6W. You know what the W stands for? Oh, what? Where the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> Or why is this a Dublin six yeah. when it's obviously Dublin twelve? Yeah, yes, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, Dublin six, Dublin. <laughs> and there was a Super Queen there, and then it got turned into Super Value, and yeah, they were all, that was the worst thing raging. that ever happened. Wasn't yeah, it? that was fucking. Yeah, that was. That and, was and the the sausages aren't the same. They say they are. No, I they're don't not know. the same. So when the Super Queen began and end, like you know, is yeah. still kind of Super Queen. I don't know. This well, well it's like it's like if you look at like a line, it's like you can't actually tell when it intersects. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's just it just it'll keep going. It's all just beige now. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much not for coming quarter. on. I'm going to finish now with a, with a personal, or not a personal meditation, but just a meditation. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to um, read that out. So uh, hopefully you don't get too uncomfortable. <laughs> I invite you to take a deep breath. Strap in. And just when you're feeling that lurking sense of discomfort, begin to fake laugh in three, two. (laughs) Take a moment to imagine yourself being a crisp at the top of the packet, a savory package, a stolen product in the uniform pocket of a schoolboy cradled in beside a carton of those fake smokes they used to sell in Golden Beach for a fiver on Parnell Street. Imagine yourself now inhaling the carcinogenic chemicals. Mmm, made in China. Now, allow your unconscious mind to naturally conjure up an image of what the queen's back must look like. Each wrinkle tells a different story, charting the road to Damascus, a turning point. Much like the turning point in your life, and you stop listening to Nickelback just because you started taking pills. And because Nickelback only have one good song. Take a moment now to reflect. What are you hearing now? Ah, oh, fuck! My leg! Sorry, I don't like silences. I prefer pain. What are you feeling now? Check in with yourself. You should always express your emotions. Just please, not to me. 
We don't care. At this point, you're probably not feeling any more calm, peaceful and focused right now. I'm not very good at what I do. Now, maybe you can think of a simple way to incorporate this feeling of unrest into your daily life. Next time you're in public, make sure you tell everyone within earshot to watch out for the motherfucking snake! Or perhaps you could randomly resurface annoying cultural phenomenon from 10 years ago and start indiscriminately quoting the in-betweeners at the strangers you call your friends. And after you've taken these two simple steps, know that it can really be this easy to create a little more terror and anxiety in your every waking moment. So I invite you now to take a breath and begin to move your attention back to the room, listening to the sounds (coughs) around you. And begin to open your eyes. Thank you for joining me. I'm Frankie. And today, you've tuned into Meditations for the Anxious Mind. Namaste.